Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? Jeremy Brown here with another episode of The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake. Move all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. And tonight, Rockets fall to the Sixers, 111-91. Not the best showing we've seen from the Rockets, but again, it's a long season. So got a long way to go, a little more than halfway through the season. and. Tonight, I think the Rockets played better than they did the night before, but clearly it wasn't enough. They still fell by 20 points, and there wasn't a whole lot of good today to talk about. It's just um, it's just the reality. And I think a lot of fans were clearly frustrated with the starting lineup today, with, with Daniel Tice and Christian Wood both in the starting lineup. And I think that... I was I, I wasn't thrilled with the idea of starting Tyson Wood, but I understood why Steven Silas went that route. Considering how poor the defense has been over the past two games, they needed defense. And considering what Joel Embiid did to them last week, he they needed Daniel Tyson there to to at least try to contain Joel Embiid and. And try he did, but succeed he did not. Joel Embiid had 31 points tonight, led all the Sixers and all of the players in the game in scoring. No one had more than 14 points outside of Joel Embiid. So that's basically the Sixers' strategies coming into the game. And they were able to build a lead through Joel Embiid to start the game, and they never really let it go. And I think that... This is part of the reason why Kevin Porter struggled tonight and why he's kind of been struggling because that's that's going to be the main talking point in tonight's podcast because I think that's what's going to be on a lot of fans' minds. So let's just get right to it. Kevin Porter, 28 minutes tonight, 2 of 9 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3, and he only had 8 points. Six of those, or excuse me, four of those were from the free throw line. So I do think that Kevin Porter's struggles are a lot on him, but it is not completely on him. The Rockets are playing this balancing act with the first with the first five where they have to decide whether they want to go defense or whether they want to go offense. Tonight they went defense, and because of that, the spacing sucked. The spacing sucked. Everyone, there was not enough space to operate, and Kevin Porter did not do – enough to create that space. Is he capable of that? We've seen him do it before, but I think he is kind of just in his own head. And it seems like he's been in his own head since the, since the Nuggets game, if we're, if we're being honest, probably, you know, the Heat game as well. He really just has kind of struggled. He's played, he's played a little bit timid. He's just not, 
not there a hundred percent of the way. And I see people in the comments already talking about it. And it almost says that, you know, I'm giving excuses for Kevin Porter and yeah, I am. Um, and because I do think that there is potential there. Kevin Porter is not a bad basketball player, but he's not playing well. He, he's playing bad, but that doesn't make him a bad basketball player. And I think the reality of the situation is the Rockets are talented, but I don't think that the talent this team has reflects the record of the team. And we were kind of talking about this on the previous episode. If you want to go to the previous episode, go listen to that. Towards the end, Adam came up, who's a a regular caller on our shows. And he was talking about, you know, the team really needs to decide to go into a direction and build around that one person. Right now, the Rockets are struggling to decide who they want to build this team around. Because in reality, I think that Christian Wood sees himself as the primary option as the leading scorer. Kevin Porter sees himself as the primary option because he is the point guard. He's been dubbed the point guard for the team. And Jalen Green also has reason to believe that the team they're building the team around him because he is the one player on this team with superstar potential more than anybody else. I think Kevin Porter has that superstar potential, but Jalen Green is more of a sure bet at this point. In, in their careers. And that's not a knock on KPJ. It's just, it's just saying Jalen Green is a fantastic player. But, like, if the team is building right, the team right now, I think, is trying to build the team around Kevin Porter. And with that, it does hinder Jalen Green's game a little bit because Jalen doesn't get as many touches as he could have. You saw what happened in the second half. It, they, they started getting the ball to Jalen a little bit more. And he started to kind of push the team in the right direction. So Jalen Green is, they can work together. They have, they have qualities to where they can complement each other well, but the roles that each player has is not defined enough yet. And I do think that the Rockets are trying to figure that out as the season goes along, but it's not, but because they're figuring this out on the fly, they're not focused on winning the game at hand. They're trying to focus on how do we build this team moving forward? And it's easy for us to say, you know, yes, this is how you do it. This is, you know, what to do. But these players are all still really young and they're, they're trying to figure it out as a team. And once they decide, hey, Jalen, you're the dude. We're going to build our team around you. I think that is when the I think that is when this team will start playing a lot better because you have defined roles. There's nothing, you know, too serious. Like, and, and you're getting the best out of Jalen Green. You're getting the not. You're getting the best out of Kevin Porter. You're getting the best out of you know Christian Wood. And the reality is, once they decide, okay, this is the direction we're going to go in with this team. If those players are proving to be counterproductive to that vision then they will get traded or they will they will be released or they will find a new home. That's that's the reality of the situation, but the Rockets have not established an identity yet. The Rockets have not established a course of action and they're kind of just feeling each other out still. They're still in that feeling each other out phase. But as we've mentioned, you know, as these games go on, we get more and more of a sample size 
And that is what we've seen so far through 40 games. Jalen Green is the best player on this team. And the more we, the more the Rockets can move towards that, the better. I think with Kevin Porter is they're trying to kind of wedge him as the point guard because Jalen Green is here and they are trying to match them in the backcourt. And I think that's fine. But Kevin Porter is trying to play more like a, he's like the, he needs to be more of a complimentary guard to Jalen. And I feel like he's still trying to, you know, force these ISOs play like Harden. And the thing is he can play like Harden. We've seen him, we've seen flashes of that, but is that team good enough to win a championship right now? No. And the thing is the shots that he was forcing tonight were just low percentage shots. He wasn't like he was trying to, you know, run out the clock and he was trying to get like the shots that were contested, the shots were contested and he wasn't able to get high quality looks because partially because the Sixers were really good tonight defending him props to them for that. But also he wasn't able to create that space because I think he's so focused in, in trying to do so many other things. You saw it like all of his turnovers tonight came when he would like drive and then he'd kick it out to nobody. And that to me is a sign of either a guys are not getting to their spots on offense. B like Jonathan says in the comments, a lack of decisiveness. He just gets, he just gets too trigger happy or it's just not, it's just a, not a smart play. He, he feels like he's, he's hurting himself. It's like a quarterback that has nowhere to go. He just kind of throws it into, into space. And that's not, that's not a recipe for winning basketball games. At the end of the day, when it comes to Kevin Porter, the way that he is looking at the game is not working because I do feel like he views himself and the team views him as the primary guy because he's the one that's getting the most touches. He's the one that's bringing the ball up the most. And what they should be doing is they should be getting Jalen more looks and they should be giving Jalen more responsibilities with the ball in his hands and have Kevin Porter be like that Drew Holiday, be that Drew Holiday. Like that's why they won that game last week in Washington because the offense was run through Jalen Green. The offense was run through Christian Wood. Those were the primary scorers in that game. And Kevin Porter was able to be strong on the defensive end and not turn the ball over too much on the offensive end. He was able to distribute a lot more than he was able to tonight. And I think the reason why he wasn't able to distribute as much tonight is because he had no space. And the guys that he was playing with were just not in a position to to take a pass from him. They were playing all offside and stuff. And, you know, almost saying I got excuses, like, you know, that's – I'm I'm watching the game. Like, that's that's my interpretation of the game. And you have your opinion. I have mine. I'm respecting yours, and I hope you can respect mine. I, I mean, excuses is a word for it, but this is my analysis of the game. I don't think I'm excusing anyone, but the question is, you know, who do you blame here? Do you blame Silas or do you blame the co- the, the players? And it's there's so many different variables to this too because Silas took a gamble tonight 
in going for defense over offense. And this game would have gone one of two ways. It would have gone like it did tonight. They lost by 20. They didn't score 100 points, but they they played better defense or they would have gotten run out of the gym and it would have been like 130, 110. And like it, it probably would have been something similar to what we saw last night. Because look, Carl Anthony Towns was able to dominate inside. Tonight, Joel Embiid was able to dominate inside, but it just wasn't it wasn't on the same scale. Um, it was just different. It was two different scales. When you get Silas, I mean, who who is he supposed to play? Like that that's my that's my thing. There's no configuration of this roster that if you start these five and you bench these couple that you, that you win this game tonight. I just, I just think that they got, they got out, they got killed on the boards and that's, that's just how it is. I mean, yeah, they lost tonight because they didn't play. They didn't play better than the 76ers did. That's why they lost the game. And you know, the roster is not talented enough to win these kind of games. And Look, you can you can point to Silas, but I also think that with Silas, he is very cautious and he's very meticulous with his lineups. He doesn't like to make a dramatic decision. He likes to let things foster. And that could be a decision on him. That could be a decision on the front office. That could be a tandem decision. Because I think what the Rockets are trying to do is they're trying to figure out this team as well. The front office, the coaching staff, all of that. They're all trying to figure this out. And what they are figuring out right now is that the the team needs to run through Jalen Green. That doesn't mean that Kevin Porter can't be a point guard. It doesn't mean that, you know, you trade Christian Wood. It doesn't mean any of that. But the approach that you have to take is very is is different than what you are doing right now because what you are doing right now is it makes it very difficult to win basketball games because you have a team that is just inept defensively they they really don't have any answers when a guy like Joel Embiid or or Carl Anthony Towns comes to town you, and it seems like there's been a theme of you know, these big men, whether they are an all-star or not, they just have a good game against the Rockets because the Rockets don't have very much post presence. Daniel Tice is their best big man defender, and he and he can only do so much. They, they don't want to, they don't play him because of the offense. So the roster needs to shake up at the trade deadline, and it will. So that's the next step for this front office. Get guys that better fit the version of this team that we saw in the first half. And what we saw in the first half of the season is the team needs to build around Jalen green and you need to get guys that are going to help him with that. So you need to go out and you need to get a guy for Eric Gordon or for, you know, DJ Augustine that is going to be a perim, like a, a, a rim protector, a true rim protector. And I wouldn't mind starting him like it, it, they need to find a way to get all of this to work because Christian Wood doesn't benefit from a too big lineup. But defensively, if you only play Christian Wood, you struggle. So maybe 
maybe that means it's time to move on from Christian Wood. I don't know if it will happen at the trade deadline, but and it's not the fact that Christian Wood is a bad basketball player or that he's a cancer for the team or anything like that, but given the future of the team, he might not be the best fit for what for what Jalen Green needs. And that that's the truth of the situation. So there, there's a whole bunch of guys they could go out and get. I know we were talking Miles Turner yesterday. That's an idea of a guy, but I don't think it's going to be a guy like that because the Rockets don't have the pieces that the Pacers are looking for. Pacers are looking for picks, and the Rockets cannot – like you don't go out and get picks for a guy like that. What you need to be able to do with this tr- this trade deadline is you need to go out and get guys who are going to be expiring contracts but will help Jalen Green and Kevin Porter develop, most specifically Jalen Green. And then you need to be able to take those guys and move forward. And hopefully you see that progress from Jalen Green. Hopefully you see that progress from Kevin Porter and you move forward. I don't it, like it. There's so many different variables and there's so many different guys that they can go out and get. This team is going to make changes. This team is going to make trades and the guys that they, they make trades for, like I think trading Daniel Tice is going to have to be a possibility here because there's no lineup that features Daniel Tice that works for this basketball team. So Daniel Tice, I think needs to be on top of the list of players to get moved. And even over Eric Gordon at this point, because with Eric Gordon, I think you do need to move him because of his value that he'll bring back. But Daniel Tice is just, he creates such a log jam for this team right now. And I think that his value could help land you a guy that isn't going to be too expensive, but is also able to get you closer to the goal that you are looking for. So that that's kind of where I'm at when it comes to this team right now and what to do with Kevin Porter. I think he is dealing with a lot on the court and off the court, and he's trying to be able to channel it. And I think that the game is moving a little bit too quickly for him right now. I want him to establish his role as the kind of guy that's this. If you build up Jalen Green, and Jalen Green is this like primary scorer, a guy that can go for 20, 25 a night, then you you have to give him more attention, which will then allow Kevin Porter to be able to do his thing on a, on a secondary level. And his game should be primarily focused on defense and distributing the basketball, which is weird because that's not the kind of player that he is. He's a shooter. And that, to me, is what makes Kevin Porter on this team struggle. I know a lot of people are saying, hey, Let's make Kevin Porter Jr. the sixth man. Let's stagger their minutes. And I think that's a decent idea because he is a shooting guard. Like he's a shooting guard that is trying to be a point guard because it will only help his game moving forward. But he's a shooter. He's a shooter. That's why he became a first round pick. It's why he became, you know, the player that he is. It's why he scored 50 points in an NBA game. He is a he's a scorer and maybe bringing in Jalen Green has kind of 
made him this kind of person that he isn't really supposed to be. And because he has the keys as the point guard of this team, he has he has the ball in his hands more often than not. And he's focused on, well, do I do I do I score? Do I do this? You know, and there are aspects to their games that can complement each other. Kevin Porter as a distributor and as a defender that will allow Jalen Green to be able to go off and just do his thing. I'd also like to see Jalen Green just kind of create for himself a little bit more too. They put him in the corner, and I don't necessarily think that's the best place for him. And I don't think anybody does. So that's the thing with Kevin Porter. They need to decide. They need to be able to get their games to match up together because we have seen their games match up together well, like we did in Washington. That's like the potential that we know is there, and that's what's keeping us intrigued. But every loss that's piled on top of that seed is just showing more like dirt on top of the seed. And at the end of the day, we're looking for a flower. We're not looking for dirt. But if there's anybody that would like to come up and chop up some Rockets talk, feel free to hit that speaker request button. I'm going to read some of the comments here in the chat. The chat is uh, a little bit active tonight. I'm, I'm very thankful that those here live on Spotify Green Room are active in the chat today. So let me – I read some earlier about Silas. Um, you know, it says true – Not uh, Jonathan says true, although not only big men kill us. We get back cut 10 times a night, help one pass away. I think that kind of stuff is just a matter of inexperience I, I and, and chemistry and, and communication. And I think that is something that will get better over time. But that's something that isn't necessarily a personnel issue. I think the big man issue is a personnel issue. I, I just think that the Rockets don't really have a guy that can defend a big man, at least give him some trouble. That So that's that's a personnel issue. But I think – the, the back cuts and all that, that's a communication issue. That's a chemistry issue that is hopefully going to get better over time. Um, you know, the re, uh, Omo says the reason the Rockets signed Tice is because Christian Wood is terrible on defense, but when Christian Wood plays the four, he turns up into a spot-up spot three-point shooter. Exactly. Like, Daniel Tice was – I think that this was a misstep for the Rockets. I'm going to say it, like it's I – don't, I don't really criticize the front office that often. But I do think that this worked out a little bit differently than they had than they had thought, um, simply because Christian would. I think they thought he'd be more effective as a four, um, but he's proven so far this season that he hasn't been, and it, it, it really limits the Rockets up front when you can only have one big man, and when Christian Wood is. Like you can only have Christian Wood effective when he's the only big out there, and that really hurts their defense. So we have it's gonna. James says it's gonna take time. Love what Wood has brought to the team since day one, but he's not the guy that can take over games. So why not trade him with his value at his peak? I think when it comes to trading Wood, they they value him a lot because he he is their leading scorer. So you can't just trade him for a, a pack of peanuts. And I think that the Rockets are still hopeful that Christian Wood's game can grow and that his value might also grow with it. So whether or not Christian Wood is traded at the deadline, 
I do think that I look at this point, I, I think I'm starting. I think it's starting to become really clear that Christian Wood is just not, not the fit. He's not the fit with this, with this team because he is detrimental to the team's defense. He's great on offense, but he is too detrimental to the team's defense. The Christian Wood will work on a team that has just plus defense. Like you need at least two or three, probably four plus defenders around him in order for him to work and, and to really showcase his true value. And he needs to, he needs to step up his own defensive game. And that comes with putting on more weight and just getting smarter on defense. But I think that's the biggest thing with Christian Wood and, and why he isn't as strong in the defensive end is just because he's too, he's still very scrawny. He's definitely grown since he's gotten Houston. I'll give him that, but he has struggled defensively um, because he is just not on the same size level as a guy like Embiid. He can't, can't hang with Embiid. He can't hang with Cat. It's just, but that's a size thing. And, you know, he will continue to grow uh, in size, but it's, it, it might be too little too late if he's still struggling at this stage in his, in his contract. But um, I see, you know, Edward says we have no center. And I think that is true when Shangun doesn't play. I do think that Shangun has center like qualities. He can play the five. So I think having him back would change a lot of this. Um, he's and look, Shangun's not a great def- like a great defender either. But I do think that that will develop in his game, and I do think that we will see improvement on that end. And I'm and I'm really excited to see what what he has in store um, and what what's going to come of it. Because my thing is like with with him with Shangun, like if you make him the five, then like are Shangun and Tice going to work together or who are you going to put at that four? Are you going to put like Shangun, Tate? I, look, if KJ Martin, like KJ Martin is really important to this scheme. And I know I'm kind of jumping around, but like KJ Martin has that ability to, has that shot blocking ability. And I think that's great. But if he can improve the other aspects of his defensive game and, and possibly move into that starting four spot, I think then that that's like a, a potential solution that the Rockets already have that they can work in or a guy like Garuba, but with Garuba, he struggled with injuries and obviously had COVID and stuff like that. So that has really hurt him. Um, and I think that the Rockets, that's another, like, that's an idea for them moving forward is, you know, maybe you put wood with Garuba or you put Schengen with Garuba and how those lineups would work. But Garuba just hasn't been able to see the floor enough because of his injuries and, and, and stuff like that. I'm hoping that when the team does move past the trade deadline, which is a month away from today, um, that they can possibly uh, get some Garuba Shangun minutes. I think that'd be, that'd be a lot of, it'd be a lot of fun to watch and it'd be interesting to see what they have with Garuba before they possibly go and draft another four um, at, at, at the draft this off season. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot going on and there's no quick fix. That's, that's the main thing is the Rockets roster as it stands right now is, is just going to have to like go through the motions and you hope that you see 
positives from guys, you know, every night. And I think tonight we got some positives from a lot of guys. Josh Christopher, I thought, looked pretty good tonight. Once again, bringing that energy off the bench, 13 points for him off the bench, second most on the Rockets tonight behind a tie between Jalen Green and Christian Wood. He also got 10 points off the bench from K.J. Martin, had a had a cool block or two during the game that, that really brought a decent amount of energy. Really the only semblance of a rim protector that the Rockets really have at this point. I thought Gary Bird, once again, Love the hustle from him. I think that adding DJ Augustine, DJ Augustine didn't have a great night, um, but I was pleased that the Rockets were trying to get that. I think like, like, you know, Mike was talking last night about putting Augustine in the lineup just because you need someone that can, that can help get, get a few traditional offensive sets in there. And I think that um, Augustine really struggled tonight because they like the Sixers had the Sixers had the right game plan for the Rockets tonight in terms of uh, defense, and it, it worked. You know, the Rockets didn't really do themselves any favors, but props to props to the Sixers for getting it done. You know, it's it's pretty easy to beat the Rockets. You know, it's been done 31 times this season out of 42, but you still got to get it done because if they didn't show up tonight, who knows? Maybe the Rockets do have a better night. There were times during this game where it looked like the Rockets might have had a chance if they if they strung a run together, but it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen tonight. Um, but I got James here in the chat asking, uh, getting a guy like Jonathan Isaac with that help. You know, it would, um, but Jonathan Isaac is someone who's dealt with a ton of injuries, and I don't necessarily know if I want a guy. If I'm not mistaken, Jonathan Isaac, He's coming off of a torn ACL that he suffered in the bubble, which was over a year ago. It was in 2020. We're in 2022 now. That's that's how long it's been since he's played. And, um, you know, I'm not saying, like, you know, he's going to be that much better. And, he's th- like, that's not the only injury he's had. He's, had. Um, he's had several injuries. And, you know, he's still really young, uh, 24. But I also think that the Magic view him as a potential – piece of their future as well so it's not like that's not a guy that you go out and get but getting a guy that is like a 6 8 to 6 11 guy that can also play on the perimeter is is a lovely idea the question is you know can the rockets get a guy like that with the pieces that they currently have and that's why that's why tight that's why trading tice is important because i do think that daniel tice has value um, to get a guy like that, to get a, a more defensive-minded uh, player, like a younger defensive player. I could see a guy like, you know, Phoenix makes sense with Jalen Smith in, in that. I think that that could be an interesting route the Rockets go with if if they want to deal with Phoenix. You know, there's a ton of guys that I could go into Um and I, I do think at some point in these next couple of podcasts with the with the trade deadline just a month away, we might even do our own like uh, off episode off night episode where we just go through all the teams and see who could be a trade asset for this team moving forward. But I'm just trying to like put up the pieces and you know it's gonna be difficult because the Rockets only have so many pieces. And I do think that 
you, you want to prioritize picks because that's probably where you're more likely to get someone in the draft like that. But again, that pick could be like Garuba because Garuba, if he, if Garuba was developing on the same level that Josh Christopher is, that Alperin Shangun is, I don't think we would be having a lot of these problems. But the reason why Garuba hasn't played yet is because he has just not been healthy and he is still a liability on the offensive end to where Silas doesn't doesn't want to play him. And I do think once the season kind of progresses and the losses and the wins don't really matter as much, I do think Garuba will get that playing time and he should get that opportunity. But I am hesitant to believe that, um, you know, right now from what we've seen from Garuba, it's not enough. But then again, he hasn't really had the opportunity yet. So, like, Jonathan Isaac – like Usman Gruba is is your Jonathan Isaac in terms of defense, not necessarily on the offensive end. He needs to improve on the on that part, but he also doesn't need to be Jonathan Isaac offensively. He doesn't need to be averaging 15 points a game. He could be averaging six to ten and be that defensive anchor that can play next to a Wood or play next to a Shenkun, and it makes sense. Um, but the question is, is that is is they're going to be a replacement that comes in that is going to be better than Garuba at the four that kind of shuts him out of that, out of that window. Hopefully not. Hopefully they get enough of Garuba to where he can prove that he can possibly be the guy. But at this point, his conditioning needs to improve and he needs to be able to contribute more on the offensive end than what he's at right now. Um, But I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Um, thank you everyone who came, uh, and listened to me live here on Spotify green room tonight. But before we go, I do want to make an announcement. I've made this announcement once already on here, but I want to make it again. And I'm going to continue promoting it throughout the next month, but one month from today, February 10th, just hours after the trade deadline, the Houston Rockets host the Toronto Raptors and it's the dream shake night. Yes, it is the dream shake night at Toyota center. Come and join us for a massive rockets community red nation celebration. If you are in the Houston area, this is definitely made for you. Come we're offering discounted tickets for tonight's game. I think we're, we're offering somewhere close to 40% off on lower bowl seats. So this is an opportunity you, you aren't going to want to pass up. Head to our website, thedreamshake.com. We have an article placed on our front page that will give you more information, uh, the codes that you need to be able to get your discounted tickets and to enjoy the discount on the Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I'm going to continue pushing it here throughout the rest of the month of January and early February. We are looking forward to seeing you. Mike will be there uh, and hopefully y'all can get to meet Mike. We might do a live episode from the Toyota Center after the game. Might have a chance to be part of it as well. So it would be, it's going to be a fun night, win, lose, or draw for the Rockets. It's going to show the sign of a new dawn for the Rockets and a new, a new fresh start for some guys. So it's definitely worth your time and come celebrate it with the Dream Shake community. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN and at The Dream Take. You can also uh, like us on Facebook if you're over there. 
If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, on my personal Twitter, you can do so at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. We'll be back on Wednesday evening for another episode of the Dream Take. Mike will have the mic for this one. Rockets Spurs. It's a team that is towards the bottom of the Western Conference, but it will be uh, an interesting game. Always is when we go to San Antonio. So a potential winnable game. Rockets got to come in with a lot of energy, just like we have seen, but they need to play better than they did tonight if they want to win. Hopefully they can learn from their mistakes and move towards ending this losing streak that's now at three games. But thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets!